Welcome to episode 108 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Hi, Allie. It's been a minute. I just had someone today ask me if I prefer to be called Allie. Do you prefer to be called Allie or Allison? I've always said, if you like me, you can call me Allie. And do you know where it came from? You know, I hated that name. Yes, but you said uh, my refrain in my head always, because all of your words are in my head, is I wanted people to call me Allie because it sounds more young and fun. So the origin of Allie (laughs) came from a guy named Mike, believe it or not, who played bass guitar in band. He was an upperclassman. He was cool, super cool. And from, you know, he was back in the percussion section with his bass guitar and speaker. And I'm down there first her flute, you know, nerding (laughs) out. And one day he yelled down, he's like, hey, Allie, move. So he could see the band instructor. (laughs) And I was like, you call me Allie. Was there, there was something about the amount of letters you had to buy on the back of a sweatshirt also. A-L-L-Y-S-O-N was more letters than I wanted. Too many letters. I still have the sweatshirt. Stop. I love it dearly. Was that school or college or... Was, uh, cheerleading, the cheerleading high school freshman year. Oh my year. gosh! Stop. That's has so Exeter great. on the front and an eagle holding a football. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, it's coming back to me now. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Gosh, and I so will great. not part with it. I can't find anything softer or more comfortable. Oh my gosh! I love that. A well-worn sweatshirt is worth its weight in gold. That's for sure. Agreed. Hmm. Oh my gosh! How, how are you, Tess? I am good. I'm good. So I am excited for this conversation because our listeners will know it's been a minute (laughs) and we have gone through time and seasons and the end of a school year and the beginning of summer. And in the midst of all of that change and tradition, you and I both have some change that we've encountered and are encountering. And as we talked in the green room, We've talked about transitions and changes in seasons of life on the podcast quite a bit with my leave from teammates and starting a PhD program and moving across the country, your move out of Nebraska into uh, into Denver, into just Colorado living your best life. And and so we kind of talked about how the, the changes that we were both going through, while definitely changes, are we want to concentrate on departure, right? That's the word that we landed on that you gave us for this because in the midst of change in general, right, there's like two bookends to it, right? The the leaving from, the closure, the grief, the end, and then there's always a new beginning, right, of whatever you're moving into or entering or the new season. Um, And of course, then there's all the middle, right, of grappling with both at the same time, sometimes grappling with a really hard shift from one to another if they don't overlap, uh, or grappling with some space if you take space in between. So what I think is really interesting is that despite our several decades of a difference in age, despite (laughs) different generations, uh, despite living in different time zones and in different states and having lives that look so different that they continue to be parallel in a lot of ways. There continues to be a lot of synchronicity between our lives in terms of what we're going through. So we both are encountering departures Uh, And they both look a little different. So we wanted to talk about those today and how our strengths are showing up and what kind of the way you asked it of me is what, what takeaways do you have or what, what words do you want to leave regarding them? So, um, so I've talked on the podcast about um, my relationship and uh, since the last episode, it has ended, which is never fun, right? Like even if it's a good thing, even if it's what's best, uh, it's a form of grief. And I'm really grateful my advisor and mentor at Howard um, like named that for me. Like I didn't want to name it as grief because especially like around certain people because they deal with the actual loss of lives, right? But with the end of a relationship, as I know that you can... (laughs) Testify, testify to Allie here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Comes just, I mean, the loss of 
the person in your life, but also the loss of the future that you had planned together, the loss of the family that they brought into your life and the friends that they brought into your life. And so, yeah, so it sucks and I'll name that. And it was unexpected and yeah, not fun in a lot of ways. But as my uh, achievers, not high. So it's probably my learner adaptability blended, maybe, uh, something else of a few days post breakup as I'm trying to process and trying to like sit with what's happening. I wrote a list of all of the reasons why it's a good thing that we're no longer together. And I was able to generate that pretty quickly and easily. And, um, And yeah, I think I'm reminded more and more now that it's been, you know, a month and a half or so that that there are reminders all around us of like for me, like the divine that confirms that where I am is where I'm supposed to be. Right. And you can say the universe and we can all name our different ways of making meaning of what's happening in our lives. And and I'm really grateful for that. And um, and I think I, what I am really proud of myself for, if I can like name that and I want to practice that because we don't do that enough and we talk about how we don't do that enough, is that that I know that I left everything on the table. Like I showed up authentically. I was honest. I didn't hide anything. I didn't hold anything back regarding how I feel and what I wanted. And the reality of doing life with other people is that everyone else is not always going to want what you want. And that was a reminder I needed, not in like a jaded way, right? That like you can do everything, you can do the work and you can show up authentically and whatever else, right? Everything that we preach I feel like I got to put into practice and I'm reminded that not everyone else is willing to do that work and that's really important and I think it was a really good reminder to me and a confirmation to me that this is how I want to live like I want to live honestly I want to live dealing with my shit I want to live in a way where I don't regret anything I don't regret not saying something or not doing something, you know, like there are some things that I regret doing or saying, right? But I feel like so many of people's regrets are when they didn't take chances. And I've lived part of my life like that. There are some points where I've been afraid to make cha- make decisions or take chances or do something. and And I've learned every time. And I know that I've said this on the podcast before, that the things that I look back on and regret the most are the things that I didn't do, the opportunities that I didn't take advantage of. So for a long time now, since my early, early 20s, maybe even 18, 19, I remember saying and thinking to myself, whenever I'm at a crossroads, what will I regret not doing right and it usually is the scarier option it usually is the the option that i'm not excited about for fear of rejection or worry of what's going to happen or how am i going to work out these details it's the option that doesn't make sense but it's the one that i know that i'm supposed to take right because of all of those things and and so i despite of course needing to process despite grieving despite the sucky feelings that come with a breakup, I know that, um, and despite this not being what I wanted, like I know that I lived exactly how I wanted to and that I'm willing to do the work. And I know that there, I mean, there's so many things that I learned from being in the relationship. There are so many things I learned about myself and about Ryan and about the world and about, you know, all of these things. But I think I like my big takeaways and I think what what the big learnings are in the context of this it it almost feels like it it's a confirmation to me of of I'm living life real 
and authentically (laughs) and openly and honestly. And to me, any other kind of life isn't worth living. And I know that not everyone believes that, right? A lot of people go through life not dealing with their own stuff, right? A lot of people go through life not being honest with themselves and the world and other people. And to me, that's exhausting and not fulfilling. And yeah, so those that's, that's my brain dump. I did not prepare <laughs> anything. Um, but that's kind of my takeaway is I depart that and enter potentially a new... Uh, this new season it's hard for me to express proud is not enough of a word here but how proud I am of you really for a multitude of reasons um, there's no greater risk than risk of heart there's just no greater risk Um, I, I am there's a song I'm going to send to you. It's called The Heart is a Muscle. And I think it's by Gang of Youths, I think. Um, but it's a reminder of, like, one of the lyrics is, I want to be love. Mm-hmm. And I think when we enter into the space of sharing our heart with someone else, we know love, our capacity of love in a different way. If you didn't try, you would not know. It's like... Yeah. Heartache is such a bittersweet sort of experience and the end of a relationship is so bittersweet because it's so like you go through the initial part of like just the container shift like oh this person who regularly would text me when they got home from work or like mm-hmm. the just the slightest little shift in the schedule because we are very scheduled as humans. Yeah. Very routine. That shift is uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then we start to have realizations of the space that they took yeah. in our in our life but your the space you're in right now first of all sharing this publicly is brave and authentic and real and important the the openness in which you're speaking i'm it's a version of you that wouldn't be here if not for this and the other component you're practicing all the things that we talk about here and that's the thing you i wish i could give people a brochure that says here's resilience (laughs) learn about it study this brochure and you will now know resilience that's not how it works and in this deep heart experience you have learned so much about yourself yeah for sure and i love 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 that you made lists Mm -hmm. um (laughs) you know that's that's owning choice in how you want to handle i i love that you spoke to um i realize not everybody does this i remember after um my relationship um my relationship with Matt ended and I was really struck by the things that I thought, oh, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss this. And I made a list. I made a list of the things that I experienced and really appreciated about that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then I curated yeah. what I wanted to continue to experience. That was where the birth of music notes came from. Yeah. And that was such a glorious year in writing and sharing and learning from other people that it wasn't trying to replace that lost or that um, that heart hurt. It was just a recognition of what was important to me, what yeah. gave me joy. You learned a lot through co-parenting a dog mm-hmm. about your love yeah. of dogs. I mean, like yeah. there are these things that we can, <laughs> if we'll take the time to make a list, and for some people that may seem silly or ridiculous but to write down what did I love about this container what did I love about this experience what did Mm. where was the best of me in that and then how can I curate more of it yeah yeah 
I think that's so good. And I, I mean, it literally made me think that. Like, I loved coming, coming home to a dog. I loved the the rhythm of uh, getting away from my computer to like go on a walk and get out there. And so, I, being the somewhat self aware person that I am, first post breakup was like, oh my gosh, I should get a dog, right? And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna hold on that for a time to make sure that it isn't a reaction, right? <laughs> like, right. And I did for a while. And then I came to the point of like, of course it's somewhat a reaction out of that. But the experience of somewhat co-parenting a dog for a while was I know the rhythms, I know what it takes. And I loved how it helped create these rhythms in my life. Like the new rhythms of stepping away from my computer and, you know, having this, you know, this, uh, this other being to take care of. So I am fulfilling my lifelong, uh, dream of becoming a, uh, a pug parent soon. <laughs> I will go get to pick up my own pug this very weekend. And I'm very, very excited about it. So, and I know, and I think I, I've come to the point where I'm no longer, I think, evaluating all of my decisions as is this a reaction because of the breakup, right? Like, and I think that was something that was a negative space that I was in. And I've come to the point of like, it's okay if it is. Like, my Mm -hmm. life looks different now than I thought it was going to look like at this point in time. And so I'm adjusting and I'm adapting to that. And part of that is also like, yes, I would not have, I would not have a dog this next weekend and then for the rest of my pup's life um, if I hadn't had that experience. So of course that decision is in response and reaction to the breakup, but that's okay. What I'm taking away is the, is the learning Yes. And the loving of having a dog Mm -hmm. around and really missing that. I I just, I wrote down, why do we negate breakup reactions? Yeah, right. Because Mm -hmm. of course we're going to have reactions. I mean, our heart's just been torn from our our chest, right? We we have invested in love, which is the scariest of, Mm -hmm. of, um, of spaces. And yet we seem to negate like... It's a breakup react. It's a reaction from a breakup. Yeah. I would not be in Colorado had my marriage not ended. I would yeah. not be living the life that I am right now had the previous containers that held my heart stayed. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I think what we tend to do is we look back and we we make a list of instead of what did I learn what do I regret? And I wish people could, could know and understand the value of writing down. What did I learn? And that is an opportunity for growth. Yeah, that's great. That's a really good list. I need to make that list. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I am in my head, but I think putting pen to paper always helps me process. And I'm watching, just watching you, you know, through, watching you yeah I you were so wise in the time that you took for you Mm. this is where I'm at this is what's happening I'm not ready to talk about it yep this is where I'm at this is like Mm -hmm. the ownership of choice that we have yeah the ownership of choice that you're bringing today um that's a really that's an important part I also believe that as you heal, you will recognize pieces and parts of you that you may have missed Mm -hmm. that sometimes in solitude and doing things, um, on our own, we're like, Ooh, I, gosh, I kind of miss her a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know me, I'm all about the love spending time by myself. So it is really great to have that sort of space again. And yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for continuing to Mm -hmm. choose your best life. Um, that is, 
Yes. Yeah. And for some people that staying in the space of um, hurt mm-hmm. will keep them stuck for a yeah. long, long time. And I'm, I'm grateful. I think I'm reminded a lot when you say like taking the time you need to, and I didn't really think about, think about that, but I, I'm really grateful to have such good people in my life. Like it happened right before finals, you know, like horrible timing, uh, uh, when I'm under a lot of pressure and stress. And so I'm really grateful you know, like to have professors that supported me and my supervisor who was like, oh my gosh, yeah, take the time you need. Like, let me know, you know, when you want to get back at it and friends and family that just like, you know, like I texted my sister and, and her response was like, um, I was planning on sitting on a beach in Mexico for a week. This, uh, I wanted to do an international trip or sit on a beach somewhere at an all-inclusive resort for a week would you want to come (laughs) I was gonna go by myself but you know and I'm like absolutely right so like all these even opportunities of of people like what do you need how can I help or just like I'm gonna show up or come join me for this and it's such a to me once again a reminder that like the reason that I have those sorts of relationships is because I'm willing to put myself out there and I'm honest and I'm like like those things are important to me. Like I can do solitude and I love solitude, but also community is super vital and important to me. And I don't think I, I've always loved my friends and my family and my community and my people, but I don't quite think like I've never needed them in the way that I needed them during this time. And to have them show up and say words of encouragement that they've said and offer to just be there for me in a multitude of ways has been like really, really incredible to see. It builds tremendous empathy as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I think sometimes we, we use language that lessens the grief of the ending of a relationship. Yeah. We have culturally a tendency to do that. Um, you know, people using phrases like, you know, fish in the sea kind of bullshit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Oh, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's everyone's easy response, right? It's like, he wasn't worth it or he didn't deserve you or didn't know. I'm like, okay, yes, all of those things can be true. And this thing happened right this that is affecting me right regardless of what the field looks like or (laughs) right but the empathy around just the destruction of of what happens when our hearts are hurting how that affects our well-being how that affects our brains um the fog that ensues and Mm -hmm. those who show up to be a lantern in that time and don't really have any expectations of me to hurry up and get better. Yeah. Um, so I, I am proud of you for sharing this here, but I'm proud of you for having taken the chance in the first place. Thank you. I can say it because I know our listeners and I know you get it without it feel brag, feeling braggy, but I'm proud of myself too. Like I know that there's a lot a lot that I would not, there's, there's a lot of ways that I've been able to put into practice what I've always believed. And there's something because you know how important integrity is to me. I was just Because I've say. never been in a committed relationship like that before where there are certain things that I've always believed were important in the context of relationships, like romantic relationships that I've never gotten to put into practice. And I got to put them into practice. And I got to say gosh, I do this the way that I'm, I want to do it and the way that I believe it should be done. And despite him not being the right partner for me, maybe there is somebody out there that has those same values that is willing to do that kind of work and wants to invest together in that way. And if not, that's okay. (laughs) Um, I also know that there are other places that I can get that kind of like emotional enrichment with friends and community and people. And, um, but yeah, there's a lot of ways in which, gosh, I'm proud of myself for the way that I showed up. And the integrity in speaking to it today is 
just a reminder that that is authentic you. Yeah. It, uh, interestingly today, I had a meeting with a financial advisor who I, <laughs> two, two, two amazing gentlemen, um, and I learned so much of my conversation with them, but one of the things that one of them did was call me out on the self shame and deprecation that I do. And I started to notice this a little bit more that I, I do the self deprecation, right. As protection. So you don't. So if I name, Hey, I'm a dumbass. You don't say it behind my back or maybe you do, but I said it first. Hmm. So my road to today has been really, um, lots of ups and downs with uh, stability. And so, you know, as they're asking me some general questions, I'm prefacing everything with kind of a, Hey, Hey, Oh, I know <laughs> this is, I was an idiot. And they're like, you, you can stop that. And the mm. one gentleman, which I love, this is what he said. He goes, that just isn't, that doesn't seem like you. Cause it's too easy. Hmm. It's easy to say, oh, you know, I was a dumbass. Hey, he goes, that doesn't seem like you. He said to me, you are always in growth. Hmm. And um, that has been the way that I've tried to frame departure for, hmm. for me. Um, I am leaving teammates after the longest relationship of my life, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been with teammates in some capacity since 99, um, helping in a certain role since 2005 with the central office since 2009. And um, I am, it is time for me to grow and it is time for the organization to grow as well. And we've announced it formally, um, but the lead up to that was really hard yeah. And even coming to the decision around it was hard. And how do you communicate it? And how do you make sure the people who you want to know, hear it from your heart, from the gratitude that you have for them? So um, I've been very lucky that I've had people come to me interested in my talent. And I have an opportunity to invest that and continue to grow. Yeah. Um, but I also think sometimes when you get out of the way, you can see how things might be better with your absence. It might be, it opens up opportunity for new growth. Um, we did a podcast, a We Over Me podcast and, and spoke a little bit and it was lovely what Des Moines and Hannah had to say uh, about my impact on them and the organization. And as this was formally announced, I started to receive, you know, messages and calls and sure. it's the weirdest place to be to, it, it almost feels like eulogy at times. Yeah. And I'm like, I, Hey, <laughs> no, save no, that, yeah. save that for the memorial. It's a three day fe music yes, festival. Yes. You know, save that. Um, plenty of time to, <laughs> but I, I'm sure. like, Oh wow. You know, you don't, and sometimes you don't recognize the impact. The people I've heard sure. from have just shocked me. Mm. Um, but it's, it's definitely, there's grief. Yeah, and um, so the question I've been contemplating around departure is, how do you leave well? Yeah. And I think looking back at some of my really hard departures or endings, I have learned that how you do that affects not just you. Um, sometimes when I share with people about kids, dad, Mike and I, and you know, how lucky I am that Abby came into his life and how lucky I am to still co-parent with him. And you know, the relationship we all have, people are like, that is so rare and so unheard of and, you know, good for you guys. And I, I think back to, in my brain, I always thought, well, how, will, how can I do this best for my kids, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to look like anybody else did it. How can I do it best for the people it affects the most? Yeah, good. And so I've been thinking about that a lot as I depart from teammates, you know, what, 
what can I leave behind that is helpful, but also just tremendous gratitude, gratitude for the growth I've witnessed. I, yeah. I mean, I met you. Yeah. <laughs> I met you across a tiny little cubby in a tiny little office, you know, and grew to know your immense wisdom, your character, your integrity, your brilliance. And I remember going home and sharing with Mike, like, she is effing brilliant. Like, this is the shit she said today. And I remember just kind of being in awe, like, how lucky am I to work here? And then watching so many people grow, watching yeah. mentor-mentee relationships grow. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I matched I matched a mentor and mentee. And then the mentor emails me and says, oh, by the way, you know, Heath got married over the weekend. I was so grateful oh that I could gosh. be there. You know, like that kind of growth yeah. of a relationship, watching mm -hmm. my own daughter become a mentor herself. Yeah. Um, being able to witness the growth of people through grief. You know, I, we had two amazing coordinators who lost spouses while we were very engaged with them and strengths ambassadors and, yeah. and watching their growth in, in grief, um, watching our staff grow mm -hmm. and change, watching yeah. just so much growth. Like how lucky mm -hmm. could I possibly be to have spent years yeah. witnessing the ripple effects of people growing, knowing amazing humans like, like Shane, who yeah. taught me so much about those ripples and working for someone like coach Osborne. I, I wrote in the, I did a keynote for my high school um, reunion yes. and I wrote about how funny it is. The irony in the kid who is the least athlete, least athletic in her well-known athletic family to go on to work for one of the most successful athletic coaches in mm -hmm. the nation. The irony of that. Um, I got to sit with Mr. Evans, who was the one who named verbal yeah. exuberance. I got to sit with him the morning um, before the banquet and to chat with him that day. And, you know, you just you look back and you think I I'm just the lucky one who also gets to grow too. Yeah. But departure mm -hmm. is with growth is all about container shifts. Um, yeah. Some people are really good at growing orchids. Some people are not. And what I've noticed and learned about people who, who grow orchids well, they understand the slightest shift in that container mm -hmm. will impact that orchid's growth tremendously. But they're patient. You know, the orchid will bloom and the blooms will fall off and you'll think the orchid is dying and then it, it's continuing to grow and the, the roots and all of those mm -hmm. things. So I've been thinking about this is such an uproot of container for me, probably the most significant to yeah. date. Yeah. The safety net mm -hmm. of what I know mm -hmm. is being taken away yeah. and how do I ensure that I move into that change, that departure and, um, new rhythm. Mm -hmm. How do I build upon that? that. The word chooses you, right? Yeah. This is an opportunity for me to define yeah. who Allison is mm -hmm. without teammates. Wow. I think there's so much in how you just described that process that is so, I mean, so beautiful and so authentically you, but also so in your strengths that I'm just going to spot <laughs> them for a second because the one of the very first things you said when you were like, oh, and we have to decide like, in, you know, in the context of this change, one of the very first things you said is how we communicate that change and the words from inside of you and you made this non-verbal motion that listeners will not have been able to have seen but the words that are in you regarding how to communicate that to people are important and when people make a change or when a departure happens those that are not assigned communication might not think how important the words are the languages around it to ensure that your voice is heard 
And that's your choice and your choice for agency in the context of that to say, this is what's important to me Mm -hmm. is that I get to help construct the narrative of my departure. Right. You know, one of the things that we talk about all the time are the best practices of mentoring relationships and what we've Mm -hmm. learned from the elements. Closure, closure is Mm -hmm. as important as anything else. My, my friend Kristen says the hello is the goodbye is as important as the hello. Absolutely. So when Dwayne and I sat down and talked about this, I said, how often do we get a real life opportunity to demonstrate healthy closure? Mm -hmm. We are, we're going to do that in person with conference. I have an opportunity to hug people and and Mm -hmm. to say goodbye. It's not just a leaving in the night that no one knows where I went. It doesn't create, you know, opportunity for gossip or rumor because yeah. it's transparent. So all these best practices that we've learned from mentor over, you know, 30 some years and yeah. have witnessed the impact of what a really proper goodbye can do mm-hmm. for all parties. It's an opportunity for us to model that. This yeah. is the best practice of a relationship. Now, sometimes we don't have choice in that, mm-hmm. but my goodness, if you give me choice, mm-hmm. In how to do best practices of a relationship, I'm going to certainly try. Yeah. Yeah. So communication, mm. for sure. I lost count, which is not like me, because I was so <laughs> caught up in your dialogue of the amount of times you said growth, right? Which is such a, I would say, I mean, developer, which we don't always mm-hmm. spot in you as mm-hmm. often, right? But right. for sure mixed with empathy, Uh, for sure mixed with communication in terms of how you shared about that growth and the stories that you lifted up within the context of talking about growth, right? So developer empathy blend. Um, And then um, as I have to always, your connectedness just shines through. And the language specifically that made me think of it, I was like, it's in all of this. But you talked about how the impact might be greater when you step back, like knowing when to step back because you know what might be able to happen in your absence, like knowing when your time is Mm -hmm. up. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something a lot of people don't acknowledge and aren't aware of in any given context, right? But especially something like a job at our capitalist society, right? It's like they want to continue and to blow off that steam and to continue the rise and so on and so forth, right? Of like seeing their place as vital. Um, But -hmm. connectedness recognizing something larger than oneself, right? And understands that there is something greater and bigger and better, however one defines that. So acknowledging that's such a shine through of that strength to say, I so believe in the work that's being done here that I know when I have hit my limit, in my capacity, I know I've done the work that I need to do in this place and that it will get to start a new chapter, right? It will mm-hmm. get to chart a new course. It will get to do great things when I remove myself from that. Other people will get the chance to shine and it will bring the organization to a new place. And that's such a, all of your strengths, but I feel like your baseline strength is so often, especially in this life of, of living your best life in Colorado, living life radically honest is is your context or your your connectedness coming to the top and really For shining sure. through. I um I think I'm so proud of the work that I've contributed. I see the impact. I see the stamp of that. Right. I I got to um, preview the learning management system that the training team is working on. And the message, you know, it's something I've been dreaming of for Forever. years and years that they're, yep. that they're taking to actual action. Mm-hmm. And my, the messages that I've created over being the, being the trainer, you know, those messages came from trying to get something to land because I knew when it wasn't. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people will say, oh, look at that training curriculum. You've built that. And I think that is such a result of error. It's such an example of growth mindset. It was like, oh, we, we hand them this, this handbook 
and nobody's really getting it. Or we're doing this boring PowerPoint and no one's really walking away getting at anything. I remember this wonderful gentleman named Jerry who has since passed away. He was a new mentor at like 75 and he was in my training and at the end he said, when are we going to, you know, I always ask you know, questions, feedback, takeaways. He put his hand up and he said, when are we going to practice? And I said, practice what? And he goes, uh, mentoring. mentoring. He goes, isn't that what we came here for? And I thought, we've just been teaching. We're not practicing. Mm -hmm. So then I started adding more activities and that's where mentor is, mentor is not came from. Um, the bucket drop book. I mean, I pulled that out of my like, how could I create something that sticks? Mm -hmm. It all came from need in order to make something work. It, yeah. it wasn't like, I'll sit around today and come up with something brilliant to add. That is not, I could just sense mm -hmm. when people didn't get it. Forever Friend, which is all over everything now, that came from Lauren. That language came from Lauren talking yeah, about Ellie, Ellie, and I shared it once in a mentor training and it stuck. Promise Keeper, um, mm -hmm. you know, Strength Spotter, all of these things that now are embedded into yeah. the language. It was like a sitting back and watching the LMS thinking, oh, I can go now. Yeah. Wow. We're, we're good. They're good. <laughs> I got and it. So you'll love how I did this. Um, Gigi, who is a forever mentor to me, I just, she, she left well and she did these yeah. really meaningful things. And including giving me a can of spray paint with the date that she was leaving, which is a whole nother long story, but that's how she told me. Mm -hmm. And then she did this really cool Bob Dylan-y video of all the communities she had, um, you know, helped to get started, mm -hmm. all the mentors she had trained, all the program coordinators. It was cool. So I went into, I shared with the managers first and I, using all my canvas skills, went in <laughs> and created bus tickets. We often talk about being on the right seat on the bus. Mm -hmm. And I created a bus ticket for each of the managers and wrote why they're in the right seat on the bus related to their strengths. And they all had the teammates colors. Yeah. And then I had at my place in the manager's meeting, a different color bus ticket that said destination unknown. Mm -hmm. And I said, I've reached the end of my, my trip with teammates. And it was very, you know, for me, pretty cheesy. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to do is deliver the message in a way that said, it's okay. It's all good. It's, it's yeah. good. Yeah. And you are in a good place. And this organization is in a good place. And I feel like I've been part of that now for 20 years. Yeah. So it's okay for me to find a new route. And, um, that felt like leaving well. Yeah. And, and the way in which in your integrity, you strength spotted everybody else too, by naming why they were in the right seat on the bus. And then as a, a personal note and aside, I think not only is the bus ticket about the right seat on the bus, I just always laugh that whenever you talked about like, when you talked about knowing when to leave, it was like, if I get hit by a bus, who's going to carry this, right? Like, that's always been your joking mantra on the side, right? So when you first said bus tickets, when you told me about this, like, forever ago, about how this is how you did it, I for sure was like, okay, right seat on the bus. But, like, for sure it's like a Allie's going to reenact or, like, do a play about getting hit by a bus and knowing well, that everything will be just okay, because I did. training's in a good place and strengths is in a good place. So Allie can't get hit by a bus officially now and we'll be I, okay. I did contemplate that metaphor, and but I didn't think it would land well. Yeah, um, probably not. But I do feel like I can I can leave. And I've yeah. not always... Yeah. Um, I stuck around through some hard stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad of that. I'm glad that I have spent the majority of my talent in this organization. I am glad that I have learned and gleaned the majority of my talent in this organization because there, I, I couldn't think of a better place mm -hmm. to learn and grow. I love that. I love that. Oh my God. But it is, it, it, this is a departure that is also terrifying. This has of been course. very much a safety net for me when all else was not working in my life. 
I had my work, but I'm learning. I am not my job title. I am more than, yeah, than an organization. I, I have a lot of, of personal learning and exploration to do. And the and year I of define seems like a good time to do that. It's beautiful. I think it just, we are not just our job titles or we are not just the organization we work for, but so much of our identity mm-hmm. is a part of it. And I mm-hmm. think that's not the case for everybody again, but you and I being people who put ourselves, who do work that we know is important. Like you and I are not going to, and I think so many people and people that listen to this type of podcast, right? Like, are people that aren't going to waste time doing something that doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? So very naturally then what we do becomes part of who we are, part of how we define ourselves. So part of the departure is also a redefinition. And I love that that's your word of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep thinking how my word of the year momentum mm-hmm. is not panning out at all like I thought it would, but how beautiful and how more challenging it's going to be to keep that intention because I don't have things, people, these sorts of situations to force me to take breaks and keep the momentum of the rhythms that I established last year in the way that I thought, right? So it's going to be on me, my own onus to make that happen. And I'm excited for it. And what, what better way to own that word? Yeah, right, than to act to own it myself rather than being in the right kind of context in which it's easy to make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I love all of that. I keep thinking in our discussion of departure, two things are coming to light, and these are maybe the action items that we can leave with people, and if you have anything to add or adjust. And both of them, they're two lists. One is the list that you noted earlier is what did you learn? writing out the big, the small, the positive, the negative, the neutral. What did you learn from the space, the role, the context you departed from your departure? What did you learn? Number two is what are you most proud of Mm. in the context of your departure, what you departed from, but also in how you departed. What did you learn and what are you most proud of? And I'm calling myself out now because when I named what I'm proud of, I qualified it by saying we're in this context and we're in this space. And I know then people know that it's not me being braggy both times that I said it. And I'm like, why on earth do I even say that? Right? Like the whole point of this is the world tells us not to acknowledge those things, not to name our strengths, not to own up to the things that we're proud of, not to live authentically. And this space is, is meant to move against the tide, right, of our world that tells us those narratives. And so I'm going to name that for myself, and that'll be something I'm going to be better about in the future. Um, but Anything else to add for listeners? What did you learn? What are you most proud of? I think those are really good lists and they can apply them. That word departure can be applicable to a relationship, to a job, to a, a move, uh, to anything. Like if you just ended another school year with your kids or right. right? Like, I mean, anything, our Mm -hmm. lives are lived in seasons and cyclical ways. And there's always something we're moving away from and something we're moving towards. And so define departure how you want to define it. And the proud of, Tess, we talked earlier about the greatest human need is that of being heard. Mm -hmm. There is nothing more delightful than being a recipient of a brag. Yeah. Like. An unqualified, unfiltered. Right. Straight up. Like, this is what I'm proud of. Right. There's just nothing more magical to the person listening. Yes. Yep. Than to hear that. I mean, yes, we all have moments of shame. Mm-hmm. And I'll hold that space for anyone, anytime. But I would much rather hear the, the joy that you have of the moments yeah. that you're proud of. Yep. And my response when someone tells me, my sister texted me this morning. She just took a 
this morning sat down for multi-hour exam of the national teachers examination so a national Mm -hmm. teaching certification which is crazy and hard to take she's studied a lot for it and i am super proud of her and she texted me and she wrote all the things that she feels like she didn't do the best on but how she was super proud that she took it and she feels confident in these areas and my response was how are you going to celebrate and what comes next like those are my questions to her right and it's like as a recipient of it, and that wasn't, it was more a debrief, right? But part of it was, uh, I'm proud. Like she is proud that she took the time to study and to take this exam. And so my response is, okay, let's celebrate. Or how are you going to celebrate? Like, how are you going to mark this moment, right? To like note that it's a departure for her, right? Of out of a study mode and into the summer, out of this year of teaching and into what comes next. So Tess, I'm going to task you with thinking about how you're going to celebrate this podcast today. Hmm. I know the, the depth of this. I know I am very, very proud of you. So I will challenge you to think about how you'll celebrate today. Yeah, it's good. That's good. Okay, everybody. Well, with that being said, we want to thank you all for tuning in to episode 108 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions that we pose, the best way to do so is by giving us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.